Hello and welcome to the Loose Forward podcast. I'm Andy. I'm Callum. And we're all about Rugby League. The M62 and beyond. <laughs> welcome to episode three. That was much better. The and beyond was much better. In fact, I'm surprised we haven't had phone calls off Tim Allen asking for tips there. Because that was um, that was an excellent. Well done. Well, if they do a Toy Story 5, they know where I am. Yeah. I thought I thought they all sort of died at the end, though, no? Nah. You can't, it's a Disney film, you can't do that. Oh, yeah, that's true. Well, on today's programme, we've got some breaking news, hot off the press. We've got NRL review. We're looking back at 25 years of Super League. Uh, we're looking at uh, a new North American Rugby League, as well as the usual Super League review. And to finish with today... A Challenge Cup preview, uh, which is uh, always exciting this time uh, and the weekend of the Challenge Cup. So, Callum, have you been? Yeah, not so bad, not so bad. Busy, back at work again. We've had a full week of it now, so just getting back into it, really. It's freezing, though. It's been snowing today. <laughs> I know it has. It's snowing in April. I can't believe it. No, because last week we were in shorts and T-shirts recording the podcast. I know, I've got a jumper and a jacket on this week. Yeah, I know. Well, well, breaking news. Two bits of breaking news. One that's unconfirmed, but looks like it's going to be imminently, which is Daryl Powell to Castle uh, to Warrington, sorry, from Castleford. Yeah, uh, I think there's too many rumours flying about, isn't there, for it not to be true? Um, it seemed to me that it was true three weeks ago when he told Castleford he was leaving at the end of the season yeah. um, about a day after Steve Price announced the same thing. Yeah, um, and it must be true because just before we come in um, recording today, Castleford had released a statement saying that Daryl Powell's main focus was still a successful campaign for 2021 with Castleford. Why would you say that? <laughs> I thought that was his job. Yeah. <laughs> but um, just two bits on that then. Um is Darrell Powell a good fit for Warrington, or vice versa? Yeah, probably. He's 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 done well wherever he's gone, hasn't he? Um, he's he's done well with Castleford. I think he's probably worked on a bit more of a budget than he will at Warrington, and that doesn't always fit. Um, a, no, a manager or a coach getting a new job with a, a new set of finances doesn't always work and Warrington will be a completely different animal to him than, than he's had to, I won't say suffer at Castleford, but he's, that he's had experience of at Castleford. Yeah, I think there's probably more pressure at Warrington to probably win a trophy. Well, I read an article today that said that Daryl Powell at Castleford had unparalleled success. I, I'm not... Quite. I mean, he's took him to what a grand final. He's his achievements are that they've had six top six finishes in a row, and they hadn't finished top six for for donkey's years before that. No, um, took him to the Challenge Cup final in two thousand and fourteen, uh, the League Leader Shield uh, in two thousand and seventeen, which was the same year they got to the grand final, uh, but unfortunately for them, were beaten by Leeds Rhinos, and that's the. Uh, yeah, it's it, you know it might be unparalleled success for Castleford, perhaps, 
um, or even that. I'm not. I'm not convinced of. Just seems a pretty mediocre CV, really, doesn't it? I think. I mean, a castle for the team now, or worthy a team that you expect to finish top six every year. No, they've had problems with relegation and stuff in the past, haven't they? I think they've overcome that reputation now. Where I think now you would think, yeah, they have to. What ha- what has impressed me is that he's kept them in the top six despite losing probably they're, they're a real clutch of their best players yeah. over the over the last few years. Yeah, when you look at people like uh, Rangi Chase, yeah. Denny Solomona. Yeah, Hardacre. Yeah. Um, Luke Gale. Yeah. So, you know, when you look at the players like Lost Shenton for a spell. Yeah, when he went to St. Helens. Went to St. Helens, yeah. yeah. Um, so you look at that and you think, well, actually, yeah, they, they have coped really well without, uh, you know, without... The- I mean, he has done a really good job when you consider obstacles like that because it's not easy losing your best players, is it? No, McMeekin went this year, didn't he? He went yeah, to... Catalan, was it? Yeah. yeah. So so they have they have lost a few, but... And on the flip side of that, I'm guessing that Steve Price is leaving Warrington because he's got ambitions to coach again in the NRL. I would have thought so. But... As a rule, NRL teams probably only take coaches as head coaches that have won Super League. But he has and, already had head coach jobs in the NRL. Which, which could then go in his favour. But but then, is it one of those things in the NRL where, well, he's out of sight, out of mind, and what's he done with Warrington? Has he, has he underachieved? Has he, has he done, what I'm saying is, has he done enough? To get himself, himself a, gig. a gig in the NRL. So when you look at people like um, uh, Michael Maguire, yeah. uh, Justin Holbrook, Trent Robinson, Trent Robinson um, you know, those, those sort of coaches, and you think, well, have they exceeded what Steve Price has done at Warrington? And, well, obviously, yeah, because they've all uh, they've all won trophies. Well, Steve oh. Price won the Challenge Cup, as, as did Trent, Rob- uh, Trent Robinson, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um... It just doesn't really feel enough for Warrington, does it? I don't think he, he didn't make any grand finals, did he? Uh, not as yet, no. No. So to not even really make the finals and only come away with one trophy, it seems a bit of a disappointing time, I think. Each year in Super League, they seem to have fell away at the end, don't they, at the end of the season, the last yeah. couple of years? I've, I've always thought they've been on the up for the last... Well, before Price came in, I thought they were on the up for a lot of years. And over this last couple of years, it's the first time that I've thought they've probably gone backwards. Mm. Well, we'll wait for the announcement from Warrington now, then won't we, that say that Steve Price's focus remains on uh, a successful campaign in Warrington in 2021 then? Yeah, that'll okay. be out after we've recorded probably. Yeah, well, they can probably just copy and paste the, the Castleford one. and <laughs> Swap the names. Yeah, crudely. Uh, crudely paced his head over the, over Daryl Powell's picture. Yeah. Um, the other breaking news today was the uh, announcement of uh, Sean Wayne's first England squad. Um, although it's a thirty-five man training squad, uh, which is um, all geared towards uh, what looks to be a, a, a really interesting night of rugby league on June the twenty-fifth at Warrington. Um, and it's um, it's a double header on that night. It's actually a triple header. Uh, the uh, the England wheelchair team 
uh, a plane, but not at, not at the ground, obviously on the pitch. They're playing nearby, and then there's a double header with a six o'clock kickoff for England's women, who are playing Wales, and then the England men's team are playing the Combined Nations All Stars. Yeah, it sounds like a, a great night of rugby league. Yeah, for everybody. Uh, tickets. I've seen t- there's four thousand tickets on sale at the moment. Uh, which I think twenty quid for adults, the cheapest one, which is standing up. So I think we'll uh, we'll be there. Yeah, definitely. Uh, which, uh, but that that looks good. Um, not going to go through the whole squad, but there's a couple of interesting things. Call up for uh, um, Herbie Farmworth from the Brisbane Broncos. Have you seen much of Herbie? Um, I've seen him a little bit. I think he got man of the match. Um, not this week. The week before. Um, when they nailed the Bulldogs. Yeah. Um, so he's he's been playing centre, I think, while Katoni Staggs is injured. Um, because I think pre- predominantly he's a winger. So we'll have to see what happens to him when he comes, when, when Katoni Staggs comes back, whether he stays at centre or um, moves to the wing. But in terms of his... His uh, selection for England, it's probably probably justified. Um, you know, it's it never hurts to have them kind of people in the squad, does it? When you think that they're going to be future stars or England stars, to get them in early and and um, get experience, you know, being with the squad. Well, the youngest player in the squad is twenty one, and that's Harry Newman, who suffered that horrific leg break. Yeah, last but, year, and and Sean Wayne has said that it's a good chance that he he wants to involve him as he as he comes back to fitness. Yeah, because he does look like he's going to be a superstar, doesn't he? He really impressed me last season um, from what I saw. I, I think judging by that call alone, he looks like he's going to be if he, if he's been out for that long with a broken leg and he's now back in the England squad before he's back playing, if you like. Um, it looks like he's going to be a, a, a certainty for the World Cup squad fitness. Fitness uh, reliant, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. I would have thought so. Um, like I say, he, he impressed me, and um, I don't think there was too many better centres last season before his his leg break. He, he's quick and good yeah. hands. And yeah, oldest player, thirty five year old, Evergreen James Roby, uh, six Saints in the squad. Uh, Warrington Wolves have got six. And we're going to have got five in the squad, so quite, uh, quite heavy on those three clubs. Yeah, but they have probably, you know, especially Saints and Wigan, they probably have been the um, highest standard in the league, haven't they? Um, set the, the 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 path for other teams. Um, you know, both teams were, were grand finalists. Warrington uh, won a Challenge Cup twenty nineteen, so I think it's. You know, no matter what league or sport, those players are probably going to get looked at first, aren't they? Yeah, a couple of really, well, a, a couple of interesting picks. Uh, I think it's great to see Don Manfredi back in the squad. Definitely, he's had enough injuries for a lifetime. Yeah, and I you think just that's, hope it doesn't yeah. stop him playing. No, I think that's fantastic to see him in the squad. So well, well done, Dom. I think that's fantastic. So well done, you and uh, Callum Watkins back in. After his move back to uh, Salford City Reds, an interesting uh, Salford Red Devil. I've gone back in time there, haven't I? Yeah, Salford bit. Red Devils. Yeah, a bit of an interesting one for me, really, because I just 
don't. I just think there's better players than him now. The names that we've said: Farnworth, Newman, um, Percival's in there, isn't he? Along with Oliver Gildart. Yeah. For for me, they're all ahead of him. Um, Dan Sarginson, um, also from Salford, makes makes the squad. Who's had a, a good start to the season, I think, as well. Yeah, has he found a new position in fullback? Possibly. But again, then you start looking at well, how many fullbacks or how many potential fullbacks uh, are in the squad? Um, I mean, I, I mean, I think this year re- really regaining his form now over the first couple, certainly the first couple of games. I think he's been fantastic. He's Sam Tompkins. Yeah. Yeah, he probably had a, a dip, didn't he, when he come back from the NRL? Yeah. Seems to be picking back up now, but he looks excellent for Catalan. Real real leader in that team. And the last one to mention, I think, is Morgan Knowles, yes. who, uh, up to this squad, was Welsh. Yeah, well, <laughs> again, it's, it happens all the time. I think especially in rugby league, doesn't it? And even they've introduced it to football now, haven't they? You know, you see players like Declan Rice swapping from Ireland to England now. Yeah. So it's going to happen, you know. But he's if he's if he's um, declaring he wants to play for England, then I think he for me he has to be in there because I think defensively he's excellent. I think it's a shame, to be honest. I think it's a shame. I think, I think the more players that that don't, and I know it happens in Australia, for New Zealand, you know, the more players that are playing for their heritage country, country of birth, whatever you want to, whatever you want to term it, or whatever the right phrase is, um, makes for a stronger international game. Yeah, no, it does make. But if they're the rules. You're going to want to play for England over Wales, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. So, anyway, that's it's interesting news. Um, I'm looking forward to that that double header. Yeah, yeah, it should be a great night. You know, especially if the fans can get back in, which is uh, which is great. So, this week, um, the NRL. Do you know? I've not been. I've, this this is a terrible thing to say. But I've not been as bored of an NRL round for a long time. <laughs> it was a bit of a blowout round all round, wasn't it? Yeah, there wasn't. There wasn't really hardly any any close games at all that were in the balance. Um, probably the Knights and the Dragons was probably the only one that was really uh, in the balance, and also the Tigers and the Eels until the last couple of minutes. But apart from that, there was some. Uh, there were some real blowouts, which got me thinking to say that for this year, and it's and it's really unusual for the NRL. Are there? Is there a big difference in the league where you could argue that there's been in Super League where there's been a big four or whatever, whatever you want to term? Is the NRL getting close to that that point? Because I've seen some shocking teams this year in the in the NRL, which is unusual. I think so. <clears throat> I don't know if it's going to stay at that point or whether it's just some sort of freak year, if you like. But for me, there's only really four teams in it. Five teams, maybe. You've got the Panthers, the Rabbitohs. 
Could you put the Storm in there? Not so sure this year, but probably. Uh, the Raiders and the Roosters. But then I suppose you've got the Eels as well, who have won every game this season. And then a couple of fringe ones, so maybe five teams. But usually, you don't know who's going to win, do you? It doesn't matter who's playing, whether it's top v bottom. You can't really predict it like you can predict Super League, say. No, I, I told no, I totally agree. I totally agree. And I mean, the Panthers, I think, have looked exceptional so far. Yeah, the Panthers probably look the best for me. I think the the Rabbit Holes have played some real good rugby league. It looks looks. You know, attacking, um, and then apart from that, I think the Eels have looked pretty good as well. Yes, they have. Seem to be scoring a lot of points, um, and just playing nice attacking rugby league. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so a quick run down the results: uh, Knights thirteen, Dragon twenty two. Roosters 32, Warriors 12, routine win for the Roosters, I think, there. Yeah. Uh, Tigers 22, Eels 36. Seagulls, uh, Manly Seagulls 6, Panthers 46. Uh, The Bulldogs uh, got their usual nil. I think they're only the second team in NRL history to now score three nils on the trot. Yeah. Um, Rabbitohs 38. Although I suppose at the minute, if you got a goal, if you got some sort of penalty or a drop goal, you're going to beat the Bulldogs, aren't you? One <laughs> nil. Yeah. So you know they're not, they're not looking like they've got a lot of attacking prowess, have they? No, not at all. Um, and obviously, not much in defence either. No, um, no, it's going to be a long, long season. Uh, Storm 40, Broncos 6, Sharks 48, Cowboys 10, and uh, Titans 4, Raiders 20. I thought the Titans might have made that one a little bit closer. I think the Raiders did score a late one, didn't they? But even so, um, yeah, I, I thought it would have been closer than that. Well... That leads us nicely into the stats of the week. So, uh, thank you to our research assistant, Bobby. Fat Brenda. Well, well, actually, we've been inundated. Well, when I say inundated, we've had one comment, um, which was from one of our listeners, Rob Wood. Thank you, Rob, for your comments. Who said that he's never seen Bobby and Fat Brenda in the same room. Just saying. Point well made. It is. And, you know, if you see either of these people, please let us know. We'd love to get them on. <laughs> Together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, Bobby's stats of the week. Uh, we'll start with the Penrith Panthers. Um, they've now won 10 consecutive away games, which is the joint most with the Roosters since the NRL started. I think that just goes to show how good they've been. You know, especially you know, most most of it would have been for last season, but they've continued. And the Bulldogs, after another nilling, now hold the record for the least points scored, which is sixteen, after the first four games of the season. 
since Glebe in 1928. What's that name's Glebe? You know, it's going to be an old, old year when the name of the team they've beat is Glebe. Wasn't that them that had the um, singing and dancing and like they all did different songs and that? In that Glee. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah, well, no wonder they didn't, anyway, Glebe. No wonder they didn't last, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, Bulldogs update. Well, we're still on the Bulldogs. Um, they've now gone 245 minutes without scoring a point. Now, the record, this is Bulldogs watch. Like last week, we had Justin Olam watch, but he's nothing to report in this week, have we? No, we Bulldog- had a good game. Yeah, he did. We can't <laughs> say anything. Disappointing, isn't it, when they have a good game <laughs> yeah, after that? After you've slagged them off. I mean, how gutted are you going to be if the Bulldogs score after five minutes next week? Let's be honest. I'll be pretty gutted. And anybody's going to be, except if you're a Bulldogs fan, obviously. But any non-Bulldogs fan is going to be gutted if they score after five minutes, after coming so close to this record. Yeah. Um... The record is 270 minutes. There has been a report that it's 321 minutes. Either way, if they don't score against the Storm, either for 25 minutes or for 18 minutes, depending on which record you believe, they have the record, which would absolutely mean that they get they get our... ..of the week, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, And one from Super League to finish with. Thank you, Bobby. Um, St. Helens' last four games, semi-finals, grand final, round one and round two, they've conceded... Do you know how many points they've conceded? No. Twelve. Oh, really? So they've averaged three points against them in the last four games. I think that just goes to show what we were saying last week about how Wolf are coming and tighten defence up. Mini tongued them. Yeah, in a way. Yeah. So So that was Bobby's Stats of the Week. So uh, I think now we're now going to move on, Callum, to 25 years of Super League because it was 25 years since the uh, this week, since the first televised game on Super League, wasn't it? March 29th, 1996. And we're going to do a little bit of a good, bad and the ugly, I suppose, aren't we, of of Super League? I'm going to put this in the bad section because the first ever game, you'll tell me if it was March the 29th, did you say? Yeah. Who was it between? It was between Paris Saint-Germain and Sheffield. Neither of which are now in Super League. No. Do you know what the second game was? No, I couldn't tell you. PSG again. Right. Against London Broncos. Ooh. And again. Neither of neither them in Super League, which is um, a bit sad. I was looking up that, that second week, actually, because they were the Easter. They were the Good Friday games. Yeah. In 1996. Listen to these scores. 38-22. 26-23. 31-14. Oldham beat Halifax 34-22. St. Helens 41, Wigan 26. 40-24 for Sheffield Eagles and 45-30. They were the scores on the Good Friday. 
It's like, you know, sometimes you see Boxing Day 1963, <laughs> Division One football results, and they're all things like 11-10, aren't they? They're like Ar- Ar- Arsenal 8, Barrow 4. Isn't it? it's the th- they have things like that. That's what that's like. Yeah. I think it just Amazing. goes to, to show how much emphasis has been put into defence. Because if you look after that, even the first few rounds after that, way more points. Well, I mean, yeah. Even this round, which we'll review later on, bar maybe one or two games, most of them were a blowout as well. Yeah. And I know that's, it's not usually, but even though they're a blowout, they're not really, there's only one team that hit 40 points. Yeah. So, obviously, a lot more tries on on showing you know, 25 years ago. Yeah. I want to stick with 1996 for a minute. 12 teams. Um, Can you name them all? No. Okay. Well, I'll just tell you then. I was three. If you can't remember, that is poor. You call yourself a rugby league fan. Anyway. You said Huddersfield were going to finish second. They still might do. <laughs> only two games gone. No, no wins. Are we doing a Huddersfield watch now as well as <laughs> yeah. as well as a Bulldogs watch? Yeah. Once they get Aiden season back, I think they'll be... They'll Aiden be who? Caesar. Not season. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about their season will kick off. <laughs> Aiden season will kick off. Right. <laughs> so... The teams in 19... I'll quickly go over that one. Yeah. The 1960s were Bradford Bulls, mm-hmm. Castleford Tigers, Halifax, who then became Halifax Blue Sox, but Halifax were in there. And now Halifax Panthers. Yes. Leeds Rhinos, London Broncos, Oldham Bears. I was just saying Oldham, Oldham Bears. <laughs> Paris Saint-Germain, Sheffield Eagles, St. Helens, Warrington Wolves, Wigan Warriors, and the last team was Workington Town. I count that five teams that are still in Super League today. Yeah. Yeah. But what was interesting was, was that there was a petition. They were trying to... There was a lot of things at the time which were suggested. Now, can you imagine now, 25 years later, if these things had have gone ahead? So... They were going to have some standalone clubs, and the standalone clubs were going to be Bradford, Bradford Northern, as it was then, yeah. Halifax. Why they were considered strong enough at that time to be a standalone club, I'm not quite sure. Leeds, London Broncos, who were fast tracked into Super League, by the way. Yeah. Paris Saint Germain, St Helens, and Wigan. Now the rest of the teams were actually going to be. Castleford, Wakefield and Featherstone were going to be Calder. <laughs> Hull and Hull KR would have been Humberside. You just, if you were a Hull or a Rovers fan, you just wouldn't want that. Maybe that's where they got the ideas from, that the players could sort of swap teams all the time. Maybe. But can you imagine that? East Hull, West Hull, or where would they have played? In the middle. <laughs> That, that's bizarre, isn't it? Yeah. Salford and Oldham would have become Manchester. Right. Sheffield and Doncaster would have been South Yorkshire. Ooh. 
And here's a good one. Warrington and Witness would have been Cheshire. <laughs> Not a good idea, that, is it? No. No. Um, and then the last one that was proposed was Whitehaven, Workington, Barrow and Carlisle would form Cumbria. Which there's still shouts for, I think. A, Cumbri- a strong Cumbria a strong, team. Yeah. I think there's a there's an argument somewhere to have Cumbria as a brand, mm. whether that's as a Super League team, whether that's as a county that that plays in in something or like a in some sort of York, yeah, some sort of rep, you yeah, know, like yeah. state of origin type as a as a triple, uh, a, a, you know, a, a three a, like, like a tri nation, yeah, like a tri counties um, or a rest of the. If you have state of origin, now, for instance, I'm thinking someone like. Um, uh, well, it'd be Mini France, or or even like someone like those that were that are coming through London Broncos, for example. Yeah. Um, that are outside of that Scotland, whatever, to make a, a four counties or whatever. I don't know, but there there is a there is an argument for a brand. I think it'd be great, and I think it'd be really well supported as well. I do because it's a bit of a breeding ground for for rugby league, isn't it? Yeah. And then we had so that was that was the first Super League, which is strange. No grand final that year. No, St Helens won the first Super League, but it was on a um, the league uh, the league basis. As was the second year when Bradford Bulls won it in '97. The first grand final didn't appear until Wigan beat Leeds in 1998. No, and I think I'm in favour for if you win the league, you win it. Yeah, there needs to be more made of that, doesn't there? Yeah, you can't be fighting it out for 30 games or however many ridiculous number of games we play a season now come out on top whether you win it by a point whether you win it by 20 points you've come out on top to then have to play another two or three games to actually win something yeah because it's all geared towards the grand final now isn't it you could lose it in 10 minutes yeah yeah, which doesn't uh, doesn't quite seem right, does it? No, it seems very harsh, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, so that was ninety six. I mean, what I remember then is that Super League came in on an absolute blaze of glory. Um, cheerleaders, fireworks, all sorts of things going on in and outside the ground, and it was a family event. It was a day out. It was a day out at the Rugby League. Um, that all seems to have drifted by the wayside now, doesn't it? Yeah, that, that all events, the, all the events and the... bands on it. You know, before pre-match and things like that. There was all sorts going on. Yeah, that's definitely fell by the wayside, and yet they still tried to keep the idea of it being a family game, didn't they? I mean, how many times have you been in a stadium where you've heard the um, the PA system, and it's like rugby league is a family game, blah, 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 because someone's shouting abuse at players or something. Yeah. Yeah. They've always tried to keep that image of it being a family game, haven't they? Yet not really put anything on to prove it is. That's right, yeah. Fireworks during the day weren't always the best um, idea. (laughs) No. You were looking up into the sky just hearing loads of bangs, but like wondering what was going on. I 
think firework technology's come on a long way. We still look at fireworks in the day. Yeah, they have them fire things now, don't they? Oh, yeah. I just thought you used to be a good man in this. Which is great yeah. in February. Yeah. If you're near him. Yeah. Not so great in June. No. No. I'm already sticking to my seat. <laughs> so, that was, so it used to be the, the event. It, the, that was the real event. Um, only, if you think about this, we've had, what, 25, 25 Super Leagues now? Mm-hmm. 16 of them have been won by Saints or Leeds. That many. And only four teams have won it. Yeah, the the four teams that have won it is... Uh, St. Helens, Leeds, Bradford Bulls and Wigan. Yeah, I wasn't asking you, I was just, I was going to have to carry on saying something. Oh, carry on then. <laughs> I was just showing a bit of knowledge. Thanks. Um, yeah, the teams that have won it, well, the amount of teams that have won it is a bit sad, really. It's not good for the game, is it? Not it's really. Particularly in a salary cap sport. I was just going to say the same thing because there's not many teams that have won the Premier League, say, but to have it in a salary capped sport says a, a, a lot, really. Which is the which is always pointed towards the beauty of things like the um, like the NFL, for example. Mm. Um, or the N- or even the NRL, but even then, there's still a cream that rises every year, isn't there? Even with a salary cap sport. Yeah, I'm looking yeah. at whoever Tom Brady plays for, or uh, the Melbourne Storm. Although they did get mo- they did get some of the titles stripped off them, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, for for breaking the cap. But I think the the NRL cap is because it's so big. You can fit players in it quite easily I think because all the 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 standard of players is generally better than what it is over here yeah so even those coming through who do an amazing job aren't demanding hundreds of thousands of dollars every year because they're only just making a name for themselves yet they still go out and do a seriously good job yeah it's just bred into them isn't it yeah that's right that's right what was interesting I always thought in the early days of Super League and, I, and I'm not saying that the standard was was better then than it is now I'm not saying that um, I think there's various reasons for him but Super League clubs had um, quite an early domination of the World Club Challenge as well mm. whereas now I think there's only Wigan that in 2017 I think against the Sharks and even that was controversial yeah it? Um, I remember Shane Flanagan saying after he couldn't wait to get back to Australia because he couldn't wait to get back to the two referees. That's system. right, he did, didn't he? Yeah, 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 he did. So, but there's only there's only uh, Wigan that have that have, if you like, carried the Super League banner. Um, St Helens had a good goal last year. Leeds have had a few good goals. Mm. Uh, Brad, I, rem- I remember the one I remember distinctly was Bradford Bulls beating West Tigers in about 2004 I think 5 6 6 was it they, well yeah because I always remember the Tigers won it in 05 right so oh and um, obviously Bradford did the, but, but some of them have been Bradford. real wallopings I mean um, you know Leeds got walloped off the uh, the Cowboys didn't they a couple of years ago St Helens got walloped off the Rabbit Earls didn't they and the Roosters and the Roosters yeah yeah and Melbourne Storm that was a long time ago, though. Yeah. So, yeah. So that that has changed round. 
Um, I do hope we get that game back. I fear for it, but I do hope we get that back. I think that's a, a great reward for the champions of Super League and the fans of that team as well. Yeah. I'm just worried that the pandemic has given the Australian teams a little bit of a license to say, actually, no, we don't really fancy this anymore. Yeah. Um, it, it feels like it's been falling off a long time, doesn't it? And um, I think the ball is really in the the Aussie court. Yeah. Because a lot of the time they travel over here because their season hasn't started yet. But I think there's been a couple of teams over the last maybe four or five years who really didn't want to come over but were sort of made to. It makes me laugh the way they talk about being, oh, we're about 75% ready yeah. and we're looking forward to playing the uh, Broncos in round one or something, yeah. Would well, you remember when they did that ridiculous thing where they had the World Club Challenge and then just had two friendlies with it? And yeah, it was a series. Pointless. The World Club Challenge series. Yeah. Ridiculous idea. Yeah. But didn't Warrington win one of the matches in that? Or they played the they played Dragons, in I think they, they, yeah. they played. I can't remember if they won it or not. But I remember the NRL were really, really struggling to find a third team that wanted to come over. And in the end the Broncos came over purely on the basis that Wayne Bennett was England coach and I think he needed, felt like he had to. I think he had I think he needed to be seen he had to, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Just going back to well, you mentioned Wayne Bennett there. When we said about the beginning of the England squad with Sean Wayne, mm. Sean Wayne said he'd watch Super League games and analyse them about three or four times, each each one of them, and keeps a close eye on the NRL. I just thought that was a pointed... Uh, I thought that was a pointed dig at Wayne Bennett, who never watched Super League. Good. How can you have an England coach when like 80, 90% of the players that, that play for... His team come from that competition. He's I, never watched a game. I'm quite excited about him being England coach, to be honest with you. I am. I think he'll do a really good job. Yeah. Anyway, back to Super League. Um, teams that have fell by the wayside. Does this come under the bad? Definitely. You look so at- I've got a list of teams that have played. I know you've got a couple of things on this, haven't you? But um, London Broncos have played the most seasons that are now not in the league. They've played 20 of the 25 seasons, which I didn't think they played that many. What, five seasons in? No, out. Oh, out, right. In, I know they've had various guises in that, haven't they? As Harley Quinns and things. and yeah. But, but they've had, that team has had 20 seasons in Super League. Right. Uh, Bradford Bulls. Um, Halifax. Witness Vikings. Sheffield Eagles. Crusaders, remember them? Mm-hmm. Uh, Oldham. Paris Saint-Germain. Uh, Newcastle, well, there were Gateshead Thunder, weren't they, at the time? There was Sean McRae was in charge there and they made the playoffs, didn't they? That's right. Um, Workington and the much-lamented Toronto Wolfpack. They're the teams that have appeared in Super League but are no longer And a lot of them teams are not anywhere near coming back. No, um, London and Bradford, and I think Halifax did as well. Then they put a proposal in for the new, the twelfth place this yep. this year. Yeah. Um, yeah. Apart from that, Sheffield seemed to uh, 
I'm quite impressed by Sheffield because South Yorkshire, I don't think, is a real heartland of rugby league and they've seemed to have carried that flag there for a number of years now. Yeah, which is great um, for, for South Yorkshire. Um, but like, it's, it's just not, they're just not really close to making it to the big time, are they? And, no. And, and as you said, a number of teams there that have been in Super League and never, never to return. And the ones that even exist now, Workington, Oldham. Oldham is tragic with where they are now. They were never the same after they left uh, Watersheadings, were they? No, I think they got, um, I think they got done over by the council a little bit. But I think, I think if I remember rightly, they had a ground share agreement with Oldham Athletic, mm. and then Oldham Athletic went, "No, sorry, we don't want you anymore." And then they ended up playing at these little sort of like really tiny like non-league grounds and lost the the, the base of where the support was. A little bit like. A little bit like Salford with the Willows, I think. Yeah, a little bit like that. You know, Oldham, have, I think they played at Staley Bridge Celtic, didn't they? Ashton United, they played at, I remember. And now all of a sudden they're playing in Limeside. Which, um, if you've ever been to... Well, just, well, don't go. I've been to Limeside and, um, well... It's one of them places where the council do it up really, really nice. Nice gardens and everything. And a week later, the grass is up here and the shopping trolleys in it. Yeah, rusty prams in yeah. the garden a week later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. just, yeah, if you don't... If you are listening to us and you're from Limeside, hi. But <laughs> apart from that... Don't go. Don't go. <laughs> so, um, I've got a quick question for... I've got a quiz question for you. Okay. Can you tell me... Which team has had the most points deducted in Super League? In Super League? Yeah, in Super League history, which team has had the most points deducted? Um, that's a good question. I've never really thought about that. I did. That's why I, that's why I looked it up. Did Bradford get points deducted? There's been quite a few teams, mostly for... Um, Salary, salary crap. Cap. Uh, salary what? Cap. <laughs> Not crap. No, breaches. <laughs> it was crap beaches, but no, that's like Blackpool, isn't it? But no, cap breaches. <laughs> um, do you know what? I've no idea. Who is it? Bradford. Oh, yeah, I said Bradford. You did. 16 points. 12 of which are for going into administration. <laughs> two lots of six points. And then they've had two lots of two points. For the um, the cap, they've been um, a very poorly run club, haven't they? For yeah. a number of years. Second, with eight points, is Salford, and third uh, was Wigan with six, who deliberately got points deducted, didn't they, to stay up? Well, one year, I remember. Yeah, <laughs> was that when they bought Stuart Fielding? Could have been. Part B of the quiz question: mm. Salford, eight points deducted. In 2013, can you tell me what they got two points deducted for? Was it buying a car or something? <laughs> no! <laughs> it was a thing. I remember this thing with Kukash. And it was something to do with, like, if you win this or if you do this, I'll buy you, like, a car. Right, And no. they were like, well, no, you can't do that. That wasn't what they got two points deducted for, though. No, not, like, just buying one car, but buying players, <laughs> sort of, like... Using it as like a win bonus with players. We've bought you a Skoda. Oh, that's going to cost you two points. 
Yeah, because he went farted. <laughs> in a third. If you've got a Skoda, by the way, no offence, uh, but feel free to drive it around Limeside. <laughs> um, two points was deducted for, and you might remember when I say it, having an extra player on the field. Oh, yeah. They, they, they make, never took one off, did no, they? No, yeah. but it was only, wasn't it only for about, was it? It wasn't for seconds long Seconds or, or something, a couple of minutes. Yeah. And then they noticed, you better better come off quick. Yeah, yeah. And they got two points deducted for that. I remember that. Yeah. So. But, um, yeah, I think going back to, you know, the, the just witness as well are another team, aren't they, that been managed badly, I think. James Rule was in charge, wasn't he? And was he the guy that was at Hull as well? Yeah, and they weren't great when he was there, were they? No, I don't think I don't think he's the most popular person in Hull or Witness, is he? I think he got a few death threats from Witness fans. Yeah, I seem to remember him taking lots of money out of the clubs. Yeah, he didn't. Witness were in debt by X amount of pounds, and he took like half a million, three quarter of a million pound or something. I'm not sure the exact number, but, but they- it was a. Hundreds of thousands of pounds. But then, then he said he was justifying that because he'd saved the club or something. There was some. He was just. He just yeah. Well, it, I think it? when he took over, they had about seven hundred and thirty quid in the bank. Apparently, All right. So he was saying, "Well, I've I've brought us up. So this is my yeah. like a director's loan, if you like. Yeah. But at the same time, you took him straight back down and worse. Yeah. Okay. So some of the, I mean, some of the good for me. Is some of the some of the players and partic- I mean I know we can talk we can wax lyrical about some of the the homegrown players that have really had an impact on Super League but I just looked at a couple of the what I'd call for me was the with the real overseas stars and apologies to anybody that if I've missed off your favourite player or if I've missed somebody no doubt when we finish recording uh, we'll think of a of an outstanding player. But I'd in no particular order, I, I'd thought of people like Stacey Jones, Jamie Lyon, Leslie Vinacolo, and that partnership with Shantaine Happy. Mm-hmm. Um, Pat Richards. Yeah, he was excellent when he yeah. was Wigan. Um, the Monaghan brothers, both of them. Yeah. Um, Joel arrived in a storm of controversy without his dog. Um, but Michael was already there, wasn't he? And they both did a really good job at Warrington, didn't they? Yeah. Um, uh, one one player that I wanted to mention, he's had a, a horrific time health-wise, but I thought was a was a smashing little player, was Scott Duro. Yeah, at, for Catalans. Uh, Catalans. Yeah, he was an excellent player. Yeah. Um, Greg Bird. Yeah, another huge name. Yeah. Um, Israel Falau. Yeah. Um, Andrew Johns. Did you get any bigger? Even if it was for five games, that was three. three. Was it five? Well, yeah, for three games, I think. Um, Tony Carroll for Leeds. Yeah, played for the Broncos. Yeah, big name. Yeah, um, the Pauls, Henry and Robbie. Yeah. Um, although it did used to wind me up the way that they just had the, the first names on the shirt when they played. Yeah, and one of them had like Henry Paul. and one of them had Robbie. Yeah, Paul or hate Paul. Yeah, just yeah. Yeah, I always find that a bit strange. Yeah. Um, Steve Renoff. Yeah. Who was a fantastic centre back in Australia. Um, Conrad Hurrell, uh, latterly. Uh, Brett Hodgson, who's now obviously coach of Hull FC. 
Um, Kyle Lulawai. Yeah. And Tommy. Yeah. Are related? It's a bit like Smith over here, I think, Lulawai in New Zealand, isn't it? Yeah, there's loads of them, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah, there used to be loads of them around in the 80s. Yeah. Or Lee in China or something. <laughs> yeah. Trent Barrett. Huge signing for Wigan, yeah. And Ben Bab. Yeah. He was excellent. Who? I know he, he sort of left under a, a, a bit of a cloud, but... But like a lot of those players, they'll lit the ground up when they when with those players lit the ground up with ball in hand. Yeah. Um, if you had to pick one out of those, who would you go for? What the the best? Yeah. None of them. You've not said him. I thought I did at the beginning. No. I knew you were going to say, but I thought I did at the beginning after I Stacey have... Jones. Well, we need to listen back to that because I'm pretty sure I said him. But I knew you were going to go with. Well, I didn't hear him. Oh, well, go on then. Jamie Lyon. Yeah, he was fantastic, wasn't he? Best player I've ever seen. Yeah. Destroyed Super League on his own. He was absolutely top notch. Yeah. And he looked dead overweight when he when he came to Super League as well. Like he'd been chasing, like, because then he was, he was like, we're chasing pigs in the outback and stuff like that. And Yeah, didn't they call him like Pig Killer or something? They called him Killer, I think. Pig Killer? He, That's not much of a nickname, is kill. it? No, I think they called him Killer because he used to like kill pigs or something. Right. Like Noel Cleal. Yeah. Uh, from the, the uh, 80s uh, test team. I think he used to hang about with Noel Cleal and go like pig hunting with Noel Cleal. <laughs> something like that. I'm, I'm sure I've heard that. Yeah, he was he was amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, but there's some really good names there. And I think there's nothing better in rugby league when you get somebody that like just gets you on the edge of your seat that, you know, what's he going to do now? What's what's going to happen now? Yeah, the, the magic, aren't they? You know, there's... Generational players, really, aren't they? You don't see them all too often. No, quite right. And it's great that we get to see them in Super League as well, and hopefully we see them at the the, the peak. Um, well, that I suppose that wrapped it up um, for Super League. It's just a one. There's just one little debate I've got for you. Three teams that that are looked at as the outstanding team. I'm going to put a fourth one in here because only four teams won it. Okay. So there's the treble winning side of Bradford. Yeah. In 2003. Yeah. The treble winning side of St. Helens in 2006. Mm-hmm. The treble winning side of Leeds in 2015. And then I've looked at the teams that Wigan had, even though they didn't win a treble. And I've looked at the grand finals that they had. And I, I think... They did the double one year, didn't they? Uh, yeah, I think the 2010 team... I, I think that won the grand final. I, I think that looks about the best because that read uh, Tomkins, Goulding, Daryl Goulding, remember him? Yeah. Uh, Gleeson, Carmont, Richard, Deacon, Lulawai, Fielden, McLaurin, Coley, Hansen, Tomkins, O'Loughlin. I mean, it's a pretty decent side. With, with a bench of Riddell, Paul Prescott, Paliasina, and Liam Farrell. Yeah, that's a. Under Michael Maguire. And that's probably their best team. So I'm going to go with that. Okay. So I need you to pick. I need you to pick two numbers between one and four. Go. Soon four. Okay. That is Leeds against Wigan. So the Leeds 2015 team Mm -hmm. against the Wigan team of 2010. Where's your money going? Leeds by 
10. Why? Don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, probably just had a bit more, I think, in the uh, three-quarter line. I think they had more of a spine as well. And uh, like you say, um, was it Hardacre at fullback, 15, yeah? Uh, Would have been, wouldn't it? Uh, no, I don't know. He was still at Castleford there, wasn't he? What, 2015? Yeah. No. Yeah, because... Um, Castleford got to the grand final and he couldn't play, could he? In that the was final. 17. Yeah, so he was still... Oh, he went from Leeds to Castleford, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, sorry, my my mistake. Yeah, of course he did. I was thinking the other way around. Right. Um, and obviously they had the they had the um, Sinfield, Borough, Maguire, yeah. Trinity, didn't they? They had that. Yeah. Um, so they, they had, yeah, so they had a really good spine as well, didn't they? Yeah, so um, probably them just. Yeah. Although that Wigan side is probably better than I remember it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, probably Leeds just. Okay. Um, each of these sides had a... You, you talk about Leeds and you had Burrow, Sinfield, Maguire. Bradford's success in 2003 was probably built on what they called the awesome foursome, wasn't it, of the props? Yeah. Um, and they were really punching holes in defence uh, for Paul and Deacon to work their stuff probably for, for like uh, Raiden, Vinacolo, etc. Happy behind that, which was, a, which was a good side. Yeah. But they're going to play what the other, uh, in St. Helens 2006, and they, what what you would remember there was probably the um, uh, Skullthorpe Long Cunningham era. Yeah, definitely. Wellens as well. Yeah. So where's, uh, who's making the final to play Leeds out of those two? That is a good semi-final. And they did have some good matches at that time as well, Bradford and St. Helens. Oh, I wish I had picked two and four now. <laughs> um, that that is a tough one. <sighs> St. Ellen's because Long, Cunningham, Scorthorpe, Wellens, Wellens, Lyon. Yeah, uh, it was Leon Price in that team. Leon Price, Paul Anderson, Nick Fozard, who couldn't even get in the team. Yeah, and. I think I'm right in saying at that time they did they have Roby off the bench. Roby off the bench, I think. If not, it was Mickey Hyam. Yeah, James Graham. James Graham was there. Jason Kalis. Lee yeah. Gilmore, Wilkin. Yeah. So yeah, so that it, was it, that is probably the the tightest of the two for me. I know the, the debate comes up a lot about the treble winning sides and who's the best. For me, it's. It's close between them two, but okay. I'm going to say Saints. And then you're into the final. St. Helens 06, Leeds 15. Saints. Bye. 20. I think you've just upset West Yorkshire. I'm not bothered. I honestly, I just don't think that it came close that's going to provoke a response from, think, from the Leeds Rhinos fans well even if you want to say Bradford beat St Helens in the semi-final that Bradford 0-3 team beat Leeds 15 by 16 20 points so out of those treble winning teams you would put Leeds in third position out of those treble winning teams yeah and I think you could maybe toss a coin with the other two interesting though you had 0-3 15 not really been a dominant team in that as good as those since, has they? No. There's a 
The closest has probably been St. Helens. Um, back to back. In 19. They got to the Challenge Cup final. Won the league. And won the grand final, but obviously ultimately lost out to, to Warrington. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we keep expecting a, a resurgent Leeds as well. And I think they will when they get... I think Leeds will really come strong over the next two or three years with yeah. people like uh, Newman and uh, Walker. Walker, people like that. I think uh, Sutcliffe. Aledsky. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think they're really on the up and they've, they've had a couple of lean years, but I think they'll, they'll, they're really building again, looking great for the future, I yeah. think. Yeah, I mean, sports... I like to think of it as like one big circle. Yeah. Sometimes you're at the you know the the bottom. Okay. You can come to the top, and you see it often when a lot of development goes into a new ground as well. Yeah. The focus becomes okay. the new ground, and it, it comes away from yeah. the team. We have got coming up a real, and we'll mention it again at the end. But we have got a, a special. We've not delved too deeply into the twenty five years because we have got a special couple of podcasts coming up around the state of the game. Uh, with some special guests from uh, uh, with a, with some of the, a couple from the fans forums uh, and that pro- uh, and a, a particular special guest who's done lots of lobbying um, for with uh, for the state of the game with MPs with broadcasters with the RFL and um, we look and that's great and we look forward to having him in on really soon. Yeah, definitely. I'm I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. And that that um, might be a one part or a two part or even a three part, depending how long our discussions with him last for. Yeah, but that, that, well, that's really good. Yeah. Um, and then just to finish off, we've had the good, the bad, so we have to have the ugly I of just, Super League. Yeah, all as I've put down there is Dan Sargentson, Ben Westwood, and Joel Tompkins. Yeah, <laughs> and that <laughs> wraps it up. That's all I've put. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure there's lots more, but I was under pressure with the notes, so but that's it. We don't want to set too many players. No, and that. So that wraps up 25 years of Super League. Um, I would very, very quickly like to add a bit of breaking news that happened while we were recording last week. It broke while we were recording. Um, And that is the North American Rugby League League. I don't know why. I'm really excited about this. I am. It could be great for the game. You know, um, rugby league popping up anywhere in the world is always a good thing. Go the Tomahawks. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It can only be, again, internationally out the international game, which is brilliant. Um, but very quickly, the uh, first round is due to be played on the 19th and 20th of June. Okay. Um, in... Brooklyn and Las Vegas, respectively. Um, it will consist of, well, I think after this season, it will com- consist of two conferences, East and West. Um, but for this year, Toronto and Ottawa, I think, are just having their own little. Is that head-to-head. because it's a new structure or is that because of the pandemic? I think it's because of the pandemic because right. they've said that in 2022 they will be entering the East Coast. Okay. So these. these- the, when he said it was June, yeah, um, are they like it's like a central venue, like a Magic Weekend type of thing? That's right. Yeah, it's all in one venue. Um, obviously, um, the East Coast will be played in Brooklyn and uh, the West in Las Vegas. Okay. Um, 
all the games for this season for the NARL um, are being streamed, live streamed on um, a service called Sports Flick, okay. which is brilliant. I don't know why we can't do that. Uh, well, no, we've already I... sort of got one set up in our league, but you have to have a season ticket to watch your team. Right. Yep. Which doesn't make sense because... No. If you're giving it away for free to season ticket holders, why not just give it away free to everyone? To to get more people watching yeah. the game. Yeah. I'd watch every game. Yeah. Are you going to watch any of this? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, so who are the teams? The teams um, are the Atlanta Rhinos, the Austin Armadillos, the Boston 13s, the Brooklyn Kings, Cleveland Rugby League, Las Vegas Blackjacks, New York Rugby League, Ottawa Aces, Phoenix Venom, Portland Loggers, San Diego Swell, San Francisco Rush, Toronto Wolfpack, and the Washington Cavalry. So there's 14 teams there, seven teams in each conference. And have you got one? Have you picked a team? Yes. And Callum's support in the in the NARL, is that right? NARL? Yep. Goes to... The New York Rugby League team, just because when it was announced when we were recording last week, I had my New York Rugby League t-shirt on. You did actually, yeah. So, so you can't really have that t-shirt and then and not support somebody on. else. Well, I'm going to go for my support is going to go to the Boston Thirteens. I'm going for. I love that name. Don't know why. I just love it. Well, they, they all and they play in green and white and everything. It's like sort of like Celtic and Ireland and all sorts of stuff. It's great. <laughs> And I've noticed you can buy a training shirt with them. I think that's the other reason I did it, so I can buy a T-shirt. Excellent. Well, I'd love to hear everybody else's teams. So get in touch with us and tell us who yeah. your NARL team is. And why. Yeah, exactly. So just to finish off then, we again, we're going to skip through really the, the, the Super League review, aren't we? Because again, similar to the NRL, it was pretty much a blowout. Yeah, there was, well... Uh, closest game, 10 points. Yeah, we had the traditional Easter games. Oh, eight points. Yeah, traditional Easter game between Ulcar and St. Helens. <laughs> yeah. And um, Salford and Hull. Um, Hull look impressive. Two out of two and look um, look really strong, I think, Hull. Yeah. Um, I think, was it Josh Reynolds who went off with a, was it a groin problem or something? But Yeah, it could be a precaution if he, if he is out. Yeah. Um, saying that it's Challenge Cup this week so they should be able to do without him anyway in that given two weeks Jake Connor looks good doesn't he yeah looks like a Man of Steel contender already how much is having Brett Hodgson who's been in that position as the coach helping Jake Connor probably tremendous amount um, I remember being at Saddle with Rangers as a junior and Nicky Kiss was the coach. The ex-Wigan hooker. Yeah. But I was playing hooker. And some of the stuff that he told me, you know, just really, really improved me and my game. You wouldn't get that out of the coaching books? No. You know, so to, to hear it from somebody who's been there and done it at the highest level. And one man of steel himself, didn't he? Yeah, and one man of steel is, is probably helping him tremendously. Yeah, 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 I agree. Um, Wakefield win the game at half time against Wigan and then fell away badly in the second half um, interesting game between Leeds and Castleford uh, Castleford have surprised me in the two games so far they've had two 
tough games against Leeds and Warrington and come through them both. And I, and I don't think I was expecting that, really. No, no, me either. I think Leeds having a lot of injuries has, has not helped Castleford. Um, but certainly not gone against them, has it? No, um, it hasn't. But um, they've they, again, they've been impressive because that's two good wins against two good sides. Yeah. Uh, Warrington dispatched of Lee quite ruthlessly. The, they did look like they should be in the championship this week compared to last. It could be a funny old season for Lee. They've had, yeah, they've had one good half, I suppose. Mm. If you look at it realistically, yeah, probably. It, which is always probably, which was always probably going to happen. You know, first game back, you. You know the, the the adrenaline and everything that's running through you. We mentioned Huddersfield uh, beaten against Catalan, but we mentioned before they need to get Aidan Caesar back and quickly. I think other teams can do without their best player, if you like. Yeah, I think Huddersfield without him, mm. I, I think he means that much to them. He is he he is Huddersfield. I think without him, they they, they look rudderless. They look really clueless. I think. And I'm pretty sure his contract's up at the end of this season as well. And that'll Which... be interesting to see if they manage to renew that because I think he's still only be 29 at the end of this this campaign. Which is not really any sort of age for an half back. They seem to go on a bit longer, don't they? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, and then Salford, um, Salford looking in a little bit of trouble at the moment. I think look a bit stretched, don't they? They don't look like they've got much in attacker. No. No. Look like they're going to struggle to score points. Definitely. So, well, this week brings us uh, a gap. Uh, it brings us a break from Super League and it's Challenge Cup. So just to, to finish with, we're just going to whiz through some of the predictions. Um, so we've got eight ties, uh, some of which are live on television and some really interesting games considering the first couple of rounds of Super League as well. So um, York versus Wigan. Yeah, I think I think games like this are always um, a little bit more difficult to predict, just purely because you don't know what team we're going to and you know the Super League teams are going to put out. But um, you would have thought they'd still have too much for York. So yeah. good experience for York at this stage in their development. I think definitely, definitely. Um, but if you had to put a prediction on it, I'd probably say we can buy. 22. Yeah, I think I'd go I think I'd go more. I think I'd go in the 30s, I think. Mm. Um Swinton and Warrington, similar scenario. Yeah, very similar. York probably a tougher opposition now. Um So does that mean Warrington will rest more players? Does it mean that they won't they'll put more points? It's hard to say until you see the team sheet in it, but um, if you if you if we're just going with Warrington and going full strength, I would probably say a Warrington thirty-eight. Yeah, again, I'd go more. I'm trying to be kind, I'm going to go by sixty. <laughs> if they go full strength, yeah, yeah. Um, Hull KR Castleford, bit of a tighter affair, isn't it? But... Yeah, I, but. I, <sighs> 
because of what I've just said about Castleford, how they've really impressed me, I'm I'm, I'm then sort of like committed then to, to say that Castleford are going to win. I, yeah, I no, I agree. Okay, I think when you look at it, again, realistically, I've had one good half. In the second half in the first round against Catland, no worked, points this week against Saints. Worked hard. Defensively, they worked hard. There looks like there's effort there. Um, just not a lot else at the minute. Yeah, it makes Castle for favourites, I think, doesn't it? Catalan and Wakefield. Well, what are you saying, cast by? Oh, sorry, cast by, I think, 12, I think. Yeah, I'd probably say a little bit more and okay. say 18. Uh, Catalan, Wakefield. Um, Wakefield don't look very good to me. Catalan, I think, look like they could be pushing for... Got a good side. Five. They've got a good side. Maybe even top four yeah, for Catalan. They've got a good, good side, I think, Catalan. I think Catalan will win by 24. Yeah, and they seem to like the Challenge Cup as well, don't they? They seem to get mm. themselves up for it as well. Yeah. So I'll, I'll go 20 for Catalan. Featherston Hull, last time these met, I think you remember, there was three red cards, I think, last time these met in the Challenge Cup. Yeah, there was a bit of an all-out brawl, wasn't there? Was it Shaw had gone up, was, was waiting for a bomb and... One of the Featherston players just pretty much just wiped him out. Yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> and then they had the brawl, and then the ball landed. Yeah. <laughs> like... Yeah, so they had three red cards. So, uh, But Hull have been, um, I think they've, they've been the standout team so far in the league in the first two rounds, so I think they would uh, expect to win quite comfortably there. I would have thought so, but you would have thought that with Featherston and them throwing the names in the heart for Super League, really need to yeah. put a show on or put up a real good fight. I, I think I would go um, hold twenty two. I think. Yeah, I might. I might go a little bit less. I might say hold sixteen. Okay. Uh, Lee versus Huddersfield. That's a really interesting one. After what we've just said about both teams. Again, it's the this Caesar equation, isn't it? If he plays. If he plays, I think Huddersfield by. 14. But what if he doesn't play? I honestly think he could go either way. Mm. Yeah, I'm still going to go Huddersfield, uh, but I'm going to go eight. I think Lee will work the socks off. I think they'll work really hard. And I think Huddersfield will just have too much. I'm just going to stick with 14. Okay. Because I think he'll play. Salford Witness? Um, you would think that Witness probably aren't where they want to be in terms of getting back to where they were. Um, Salford should probably have too much for them. I think Salford desperately need a win. Absolutely. Just to get that feeling of, of winning a game. And I think I always think that the Challenge Cup should be a, a, a real aim for I, teams like Salford because there's not much chance of them winning the league for the grand final. No, you're right. And I think that Richard Marshall will make this a priority in this game to get off the mark for himself as much as the, as much as his players. Absolutely. I think Salford could blow them out of the water this week. So I'm going to say Salford by 28. Okay. I'm going to go Salford by 18, purely on the fact that I don't think they've had much joy attacking so far. It's all going to change. And, and the final, the final... Um, Tie of the round, the Glamour tie, St. Helens versus Leeds Rhinos. Again, if... I think that's the Saturday afternoon live BBC game, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, Who's the Sunday game then? 
Do you know what? I'm not sure. Is it Hull KR or is it is it Catalan Wakefield? Uh, it could be. I'm not quite sure. Anyway, while you're looking that up, St. Helens versus Leeds. Um, I think St. Helens will be helped by the fact that Leeds have about six players out. Um, and and obviously they've started the season really strong. They've conceded six points in the opening rounds. You'd have to make them favourites, wouldn't you? Yeah, I think quite heavily, depending on who Leeds can get back. But I'm going to say Saints 16. I was just going to say that. Like a mind link. Yeah, so I'll go 18 then. And then onwards to the quarterfinals. So I think that wraps us up for this. Have you found out who that Sunday game is? Just about... No, because the page won't learn. Okay, well, I'm sure people look it up or watch it on Sunday anyway, won't they? Yeah. Okie dokie. So I think that wraps us up for this week, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, that that, that seals it. 25 years of Super League was was an interesting one, doing all the research for that, and obviously exciting news about um, the NARL. Just yeah. while I've got you, it's Catalan Wakefield. Oh, is it? Right, yeah. okay, thank you. BBC Two. He didn't let us down in the end. Five o'clock. Five o'clock? Five okay. o'clock. So, um, yeah, so just a, again, a reminder about our the special podcast. We'll still do our weekly one. Yeah. But then we're going to have a, a couple of real, what we'd call special editions. Uh, we're going to look at something that's been, uh, like I said, the lobbying that, that Gray has done with the RFL and broadcasters, etc. And the sort of issues within the game at the moment. Um, we're going to do one podcast at least on things like the broadcast deal the the structure and the governance of the game and we're going to do another one uh, that we'll call an on-field edition yeah. which will be more about looking at some of the rule changes um that that sort of uh, that sort of thing and where the game is going as a product yeah. on on the field yeah which will be really exciting so we're going to get in touch with them this week and we're going to start planning that one out very soon aren't we yeah, and I'm really looking forward to that. So again, I think that I think that wraps us up for this week, doesn't it? Definitely. So um, thank you very much, Callum. It's been a pleasure. As always. And wherever you're going this week, wherever you're watching, enjoy your rugby league. And don't forget, you can follow us on Twitter at Loose Forward Pod. Is it Loose Forward Pod? Yep, Loose thank, Forward Pod. I thought so. And that's it from us. It's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me.